What up? You're listening to the Lifestyle Practice Podcast. We gon' make it all the way. We don't care what they all will say. Don't listen to the hate, no. Listen to my radio. Destined to be great, yeah. Hi, and welcome back to episode number 13, I believe. Lucky 13 of the Lifestyle Practice Podcast. I Justin Short will be one of your hosts, along with my good friend and partner, business, not life, <laughs> Derek Williams. Derek, how are you doing today? Man, I'm doing good. Had some congestion and stuff going on, but hopefully that just makes me sound more manly on the podcast, right? Well, it definitely can't make you sound less manly, if you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, but um, anyways... So, Derek, I wanted to start off today before we get into the nitty gritty of what we want to talk about, which I think is going to make a really great tactical episode. Yeah. But I want to start off with learning a little bit more about you and allow the audience to learn a little bit more about you. So, I have a few random fire questions for you, none of which deal with your congestion. <laughs> right. But we'll see how they flow. So how many kids do you have? Uh, last time I checked, I have five. All by the same mother? Yes, actually. Yeah. I'm nice. One of the few. I really just wanted one boy, but it took me five tries. I got the, the first four were girls and uh, last one finally got a boy. You know, I'm relentless like that. You are. You are relentless at making babies, <laughs> as the rumor goes. Yeah, I was kind of the same way. I had two girls to start off with and... Probably if we would have had a girl and boy, we would have stopped, but I decided to roll the dice and thankful that we did. Nailed it. Nice. Nailed it that third time. Finally figured it out. So if the third was a girl, would you have had another one? Still would have stopped. Yeah. Still would have stopped <laughs> either way. Yeah. I'm not crazy. <laughs> what is your favorite color? Oh, this is an easy one. I love that uh, the aqua green color that you see in the ocean on, you know, those beautiful beaches. You know, Hawaii when we were there was was like that. but. I really don't think there is a more beautiful color than that. What is your favorite movie? For a long time, and I don't want to hear any judgment until after I'm finished talking, okay? Fair? Okay. I, uh, my favorite movie for a long time was The Matrix. And, I mean, man, I love that movie. But I felt a lot of, both of these movies that I really like are kind of in relation to my life. But I feel like I have woken up out of The Matrix, and I feel like, a lot of people just kind of blindly go through life and they just live their life as it is. Well, so I draw a lot of comparisons from that. But uh, a more recent one that I've really loved is The Greatest Showman. And I know that the, the music, the soundtrack was really popular. The movie wasn't so much, but I just felt so much in common with the, the main character. I mean, it's all about entrepreneurship and then coming back to your family and realizing that that's what's most important and it really hits home. Wow. Good answers. Interesting. Yeah. Both good movies. Which one did you not want me to make fun of? Well, uh, I usually get made fun of for li liking The Greatest Showman because it's uh, okay. musical songs and stuff like that. I figured right. that'd be right up yeah. your alley to make fun of me for that. No, for sure. If I was going to pick one of the two, that definitely would have been the one. <laughs> yeah. But I like how you applied it back to your life. Like, I think on the first episode, I listed some of my favorite movies. And uh, that's exactly the same reason why I picked Days and Confused. It's how it related. And so anyways, moving on. Favorite book. I thought about this. It's hard for me to pick a favorite. But if I could 
pick the one that I feel like was most life-changing, it would be Rich Dad, Poor Dad. If you're already pretty financially savvy, the book really isn't anything super special, but it was really the first book that I read that was financial business mindset focused. And uh, I read it in high school and it just, it really just opened my mind and changed my trajectory of uh, where, where I went from there. Cool. Yeah. Actually, I was the same way with that book and going back. I mean, I read it, man, that's probably a couple of years ago again. And you're right. I mean, it's definitely a bit elementary, but I mean, I also felt inspired even after reading it again. So yeah. same thing with me. I think that kind of opened my mind to a lot of different things, thinking differently. And I bet we're probably not the only ones out there who feel that way about that book. Yeah. If you listen to Bigger Pockets, usually that's always one of the three top ones that people list. Right. What kind of music do you like or favorite group, something like that? I listen to a, a huge variety. Most of the time I'm listening to audiobooks or podcasts, but when I listen to music, it's a wide variety. I mean, I like old stuff, uh, Ella Fitzgerald. I like classic rock, alternative rock. I like country. My favorite to listen to live is jazz. I just love live jazz. Huh. I'm even learning a lot. I'll tell you what I love about you is that you are not afraid to give the real answers, knowing that you're going into the lion's den with me. And I have that tendency to be a sarcastic, <laughs> joking kind of guy. And you still threw out live jazz and Ella Fitzgerald, which uh, I really appreciate that. So, no, I actually, my wife is a huge Billie Holiday fan, and we always have that going in the background, it seems like. so Nice. Yeah, love it. Do you have any pets? No pets. I clean up enough crap as it is. I don't need any more. Touche. And neither do we. We had a dog for a while and uh, loved that dog and swore I would never get rid of her. Loved her like my child. I, I actually said this one time. If someone offered me $10 million for our dog, I would not sell it. Wow. And then we had two kids. I'm like, well, dog's got to go. Uh-huh. But we found a really good home. We still get regular updates. So all you PETA people out there don't need to email me because I will not read it. <laughs> But we did find her a good home, and they'd still love her. She's 15 years old, and no one really cares. So let's move on. <laughs> there you have it, folks. Dr. Derek Williams in a nutshell. So now that we got that out of the way, just a heads up. As a lot of you know, we open the Lifestyle Practice Academy and coaching to new clients about three times per year, for a week at each time. And we're coming up on the third and final opportunity of this year. Likely, we haven't decided exactly yet, but likely the first week of December. So if you are ready to get serious about growing your practice in life, that will be the time to do so. We practice what we preach, and starting with new clients in this fashion allows us to be more efficient and give us allow us to give total focus on our new clients. So let's jump into our topic for today. In this episode, I'm excited to go through it. We want to talk about scheduling to a goal. And there are several reasons why we suggest doing this. Derek, why don't you fill the listeners in on why we do this? Sure. So when we're talking about scheduling to a goal, we're talking about, you know, having a number each day, month, year that we're trying to get to. So the reason why we want to do this, it helps get rid of the ups and downs, the roller coaster days where you know, one day you produce a really high amount and the next day production is in the dumps. Also, the consistency is going to help you plan your budget 
more consistently hit the goals that you set and just kind of, I mean, it allows you to plan your life. When you're focused and intentional about it, we see production go up. Like all things, it doesn't happen overnight, but uh, it also doesn't need to take months or years to get the hang of, and it can be very effective. Absolutely. When I was just starting the lifestyle practice back in 2016, I did a webinar showing how well it worked in my office. And for that year, I believe in that webinar, I was showing either 2015 or 2016 at the time. And for that year, our goal was 1.5 million, working three days a week and taking eight to 10 weeks off. I don't recall at that time. So with that info, I was able to work backwards in figuring out what we needed to hit per day. And I believe I included essentially one buffer day. So if things went to plan, we'd hit our yearly goal on the day before our last working day of the year. Keep in mind, this is for an entire year, not a day, not a week, not even a month. Then I went on to show our actual production reports at the six-month mark and 12-month mark. And at six months, we were within like $400 of our goal. And we ended up hitting our yearly goal on the day we planned one day before the last working day of the year. And we finished at like 1.512 for that year because we had that extra day of production just in case we needed it. So I know for some of you listening, you're thinking, there ain't no way, bro. And I know that because I was thinking, there ain't no way, bro, when I was in your shoes. But I can tell you that it can be done and it is being done. And also let me tell you, It makes life nice, very nice, as far as budgeting, planning with your finances, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and removes a lot of stress. And that was, those were my primary goals. I know a lot of docs out there, if I asked them, what are you going to produce in December, which is next month of this year? And they would probably give a, probably roughly a $20,000 range. Well, it's probably going to be between sixty and eighty thousand, or eighty and a hundred thousand, or hundred and hundred twenty thousand. And when that's the case, it creates conscious or subconscious uncertainty. How do you plan your life intentionally and strategically in on any given a month? You don't know if you're going to profit twenty thousand, or forty thousand, or sixty thousand, or eighty thousand, or a billion thousand. <laughs> Either way you know you're going to be able to put food on the table, which is good, but how do you plan to pay off debt, invest, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, I think this is such a great point, everything that you're talking about right there. Too many of us as dentists look at goals as far as production, and we think, you know, we like to set goals, but in the back of our minds, we're thinking, you know, we'd probably have kind of relatively little control. There's too many external factors in play. However, it's really the opposite. Those, those external factors are there, but it's all about how we maneuver around them. So let's kind of break it down in layman's terms of what we're talking about and how it works. So first, you have to start with a target for the year. It has, doesn't have to start with uh, on January 1st, but it does make it kind of simple and easy if it does. So we're going to try and stick with the same example throughout this. We'll give an example with some numbers, and then we'll continue to refer to it for the next few minutes. So let's say that our goal for production for the next 12 months is 1 million. 
that comes down to 83,333 per month on 16 days a month. That comes out to be $5,208 per day. But if you need to take some time off in there, let's figure out, let's figure in four weeks of vacation. I'm going to go ahead and plan and mark off the calendar. And then we'll say that you take five holiday days as well. So then we're left with 52 weeks minus those four weeks of vacation equals 48 weeks times four days for this example. So 192 working days minus those five holidays gets us to a total of 187 days worked to hit our goal of 1 million in production. Nothing more, nothing less. When we're doing this, it's good to be exact. Not being exact leaves you opportunities to make excuses. So we take that 1 million divided by 187 days, comes out to 5,348 per day is the target which will get you to this goal. If we do that every single day at the end of the year, you will have hit the 1 million production goal. Now, for most of you, just like myself, that was the easy part. You know, we can all get out a calculator and figure that out, but how do we actually execute to do that? And that's what the focus is going to be here. So one thing, most high producers are not booked out on their restorative side two to four weeks out. It's just not in their DNA. They will figure out how to get more people in today or tomorrow's schedule. If your restorative chair is booked out that far, you need to either A, get faster, B, get more efficient, C, raise your fees, or D, uh, you know, drop an insurance plan. If you're booked out that far, you are, you are losing money and could be more effective. So Justin, in your office, how far out did you like to be? For our office, I like to be booked out about four to five days on my restorative chairs. So what my front desk was trained to do was this. Someone, let's say some patient completes an exam or calls in and they want to schedule treatment. At that point, what do most front desks do? Oh, let me look at our first opening. Not us. That leads to roller coaster days. There's no intentionality. There's no design. All things that we're big on. I want to control my future, my destiny, just like retiring from hands-on at 38. It was planned and it was mapped out. And some of you may say, Justin, it was easy for you to retire from hands-on dentistry because you have this kick-A coaching business bringing in income. But no. Well, yes, we do have a kick a coaching program, but I was prepared financially above and beyond TLP. If TLP never was or goes away tomorrow, me and my family are still set up fine. So I just wanted to clarify to that. I do coaching because I really enjoy it, not because I have to for financial reasons. Going back, you need to be intentional with your life. So that patient calls or comes up to the front and wants to schedule treatment, what would my front desk do? She would look at our schedule and see what is the next day we're not booked to our goal, meaning that we have $5,348 on that schedule. So using the numbers in the example that Derek gave, if I have a procedure the very next day, let's say today's Monday, patient comes up to front, and I have tomorrow, Tuesday, I have a five-minute procedure at 9 a.m. that is for exactly $5,348. 
even if I had the entire rest of that day open tomorrow. She's not offering them tomorrow unless we're booked to that goal every day for the next five days. Then she can go back and fill in. So this is how it works. She looks at tomorrow, we're booked to goal. She looks at the next day, we're booked to goal. She goes to the third day out and sees we're not completely booked to goal yet that day. That's the day she offers the patient. Now, the caveat is, what if it's a non-productive procedure? What if they call up and say, hey, I need to schedule my crown seat? It could be a post-op, could be a crown seat, etc. She can put those appointments on any days that were already booked to go. I want to get those procedures done and out of the way when we're already scheduled to our production goal. So again, going back to the example, tomorrow, where I have the five-minute appointment that happens to be exactly for $5,348, and it goes from 9 a.m. to 9.05 a.m., she can put that non-productive procedure anytime the rest of that day to keep other days open when we need to still hit our goal, when we're not booked to go on the other days. She wants to keep those days open to be able to put production in those. Makes sense? Right. So if the patient calls on Monday, she starts looking at Tuesday, then Wednesday, then Thursday to see which is the next day that we don't have at least 5348 on our schedule. And when she finds that day, that is the day that she is going to offer. If that doesn't work for the patient, then we look for the next day after that, that we're not booked to go. So the reverse is true for non-productive procedures. She's going to look for the next day that we are already scheduled to go and then put them in there. This does take some time to kind of wrap your head around it. We're going to have a discussion on this topic on our TLP podcast Facebook page. But let's go through some of the common questions that we get. First question, Justin, what happens when someone wants to schedule a productive appointment and you're booked five days out to goal? Good question. I'm glad you asked. And actually, obviously, this is a great problem to have because this is where things can start to grow and increase very quickly. In the case you just mentioned, she would go back to the beginning and fill in any holes on days we're already to goal. So going back to our example of our five-minute procedure tomorrow morning, if someone calls needing a crown and we're booked the next five days to our goal, she can then go back and offer them an appointment tomorrow where we have the rest of the day open, but only if we're to goal the next five days. If our schedule is booked wall-to-wall those five days and we're already booked to goal, then in order to avoid undue stress and time constraints, she may go ahead and put them on day six. So it takes a little common sense here, not too much. You know, it's definitely not rocket science. Our main goal regarding this type of scheduling is to make sure we hit our production goal every day we're in the office, period. Moving on. Another question that we get is, what if someone cancels or no-shows last minute and you don't hit your goal for that day? Well, the best thing in that situation would be just to throw your hands up and say, you know what, we tried, but it doesn't work. And then you go back to the comfort zone of, you know, roller coaster days and praying yes. that, uh, you know, you come somewhere close to your yearly target when it's all said and done. Amen. Right? Let's go ahead and wrap up. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> no, that's not what you do. 
Actually, we just spent an entire episode where Steve and I discussed the answer to this problem, and it comes in the form of same-day treatment. Anytime that there are gaps, no-shows, whatever, these are perfect opportunities to convert patients to same-day treatment. And this is one of my very favorite things to do to buffer days like this. Patients love not having to come back for separate appointments. It makes our day more productive. It saves us money and time and uh, also decreases the chance of this patient no-showing for that next appointment to zero because they can't no-show if they're already there. But at the same time, let's be honest, there will likely be some days where we do fall short of the daily goal. So how do we combat this? And this is where what we just discussed comes into play. Someone calls and they need a crown. Front desk looks and sees that you're booked to goal for the next five days, but sees that on Wednesday, even though you're booked to goal, there is a two-hour gap in the schedule. That is where the front desk is going to put them. And over the course of the year, if you're sticking to it, that is going to happen many times, which should compensate when someone randomly flakes and you end up a little bit short on some of those days, which in reality is going to happen over the course of the year. Yep, it definitely will. I pictured it as a puzzle. You, the doctor, by treatment planning, are providing your front desk pieces of that puzzle to plug in and intentionally design your schedule. And this, unfortunately, is where I most often see things fall apart. It's not that our front desk can't get the hang of this system after a few weeks. It's that docs can't provide enough puzzle pieces to work it effectively. It's not even that the dentistry isn't there, isn't coming through their office. It's that they're not mining that gold sitting in their chairs. And you can guess, probably, what we most commonly see. We talk to a doctor. They say, my front desk can't fill my schedule to $5,348 or whatever that number is for you. So what are they doing wrong? What do I do? How do I train them? We then ask that doctor, are they diagnosing the magic three times their daily goal per day? We have them track it, and then we see often see their daily average diagnosis is maybe $3,000 or $4,000 or $5,000 a day. If your goal is $5,000 a day and your treatment planning $5,000 a day, you need to be at about 100% case acceptance. And although that's what we train to aim for, chances are you're not going to hit that. And chances are you're going to be completing roughly 30 to 40% of what you diagnose, the zone that you should really be in. If you're above that, great. If you're below that, you need to get it up. So if your goal is 5,000, and actually, let me take a step back. I just said, if you're above that, great. Actually, it's usually not great because usually if you're above that, you're only picking those or diagnosing those slam dunk things that come in your office. Those people that come in holding their cheek and they broke their tooth or they're in pain. Well, it's easy to sell a crown or an extraction or a root canal on those appointments. So really, most top producers from what we see are in that 30 to 40% range now moving forward. So if your goal is $5,000 and you're diagnosing, let's say even $8,000 a day, and then complaining about your front desk not being able to schedule you to goal, we're going to point that finger back at you for your own good and say you need to be diagnosing between ten dollars and $15,000 every single day to consistently hit your goal of $5,000. If you are already doing that, 
then yes, we need to look elsewhere and find out where that ball is being dropped in the process. But without that information, we do not know where the root of the issue lies, and that's why that diagnosis metric is so important to us. I've seen doctors spend time, money, and effort countless times and contact us at their wits end wondering why their front desk can't keep their schedule full. And we have them track their diagnosis and find out that they're giving their front desk half the pieces of the puzzle they need and telling them to go complete the puzzle. It doesn't work that way, folks. So that's where we start. If you're not hitting your daily numbers, you want to, that's where you want to start on your decision making tree. Are you diagnosing enough? If yes, then we look at case presentation, how the front desk is discussing finances and handling the football once it's handed off to them, etc. If no, then you need to diagnose more to get all the puzzle pieces on the board. Then we can reevaluate. Moving on. Guess what we hear next? You don't know my patient base. They all have good teeth. All my new patients are 25 years old. They've never had a cavity. And I can tell you, if there's one thing I've learned from working with docs all over the country and Canada, is that patients are patients are patients. It's the doctors that are different. Because for every time I've heard that excuse, there's always another doctor in that town with the same patient pool crushing it, beating you. And I've said it before. If you have 20 to 30 new patients a month, that is plenty to be doing over a million a year. We don't expect everyone to innately know how to run a business to get to $1 million a year with 20 to 30 new patients a month. And we're willing to work with you to get there, but we're not going to buy your BS excuse because we know it's possible because we've done it and we've seen it done by others. Everything we preach and push you to achieve, we've either done ourselves or have seen it be done. And if it's been done before, it can likely be done again. I've never seen someone produce $5 million while working five days a month, although I'm guessing it could probably be done. I haven't seen it. So I'm not going to go tell everyone, hey, go work five days a month, produce $5 million or you're a puss. But don't tell me you can't net a million dollars a year and work three or four days a week or pay off three to $400,000 in student debt in one year because I've seen those things happen and I know it can be done. Good stuff, Justin. Thank you, Derek. So this is really what we are all about at the Lifestyle Practice. It's about intentional planning. It's about deciding what you want from your practice and your life first and then reverse engineering that exactly. So let's run through it again real quick, the nuts and bolts bolts of what we've talked about. Step one is to decide what you want to produce over the next 12 months. Step two, figure, being exact as you can, how many days you're going to be in the office. Step three, divide your production goal by the number of days that you're going to be in the office to arrive at what your daily goal needs to be. Step four, set up a time to train your entire team on the scheduling to goal process. How many days do you want to be booked out? How do they fill in this puzzle? Give them the freedom to use common sense, but, uh, you know, have them stick to it. You know, you can go back and review it together and audit will be a good way to make sure that that continues to happen. Step five, throw your excuses out of why it can work for someone else, but it can't work for you. Just, just make it happen. 
All right, that's it for today. Thank you for joining us. If you're not already subscribed on our email list, go over to our website, thelifestylepractice.com and get signed up. Justin talked about that we will be doing a launch and accepting new clients sometime in the beginning of December. And the way that you're going to know about that is going to be to be subscribed on that email list. So, and we also put out good content on there as well as far as growing your practice. And it's all free. Yep. And as always, if you're enjoying the podcast, we really appreciate subscribes and reviews on iTunes, just as you appreciate them for your business. We do appreciate them for ours. If you're not enjoying the podcast, you're not getting value, then I encourage you not to listen anymore because I think you should be spending that time somewhere that you are getting value. (laughs) We will think you're crazy, but that's no big deal. If you want to get in touch with us, email us at Justin, Derek, or Steve at thelifestylepractice.com. We'd love to hear from you guys, thoughts, questions, inquiries, whatever. Until next week. Peace. See ya. We gon' make it all the way. We don't care what they all will say. Don't listen to the hate, no. Listen to my fate, yo. Destined to be great.